0: Hello, and welcome to The Journey, a daily podcast reading through the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you listen, we're going to be using the New Living Translation of God's Word. Let's start today's reading. Reading today, 2 Samuel chapter 16-18. through 18. When David had gone a little beyond the summit of the Mount of Olives... Zeba, the servant of Mephibosheth, was waiting there for him. He had two donkeys loaded with two hundred loaves of bread, one hundred clusters of raisins, one hundred bunches of summer fruit, and a wineskin full of wine. What are these for? the king asked Zeba. Ziba replied, "'The donkeys are for the king's people to ride on, "'and the bread and the summer fruit are for the younger men to eat. "'The wine is for those who become exhausted in the wilderness.' "'And where is Mephibosheth?' "'Saul's grandson,' the king asked him. "'He stayed in Jerusalem,' Ziba replied. "'He said, "'Today I will get back the kingdom of my grandfather Saul.'" "'In that case,' the king told Ziba, "'I give you everything Mephibosheth owns.' "'I bow before you,' Ziba replied. "'May I always be pleasing to you, my lord the king.' "'As King David came to Bararim, "'a man came out of the village cursing them. "'It was Shimei, the son of Gera, "'from the cl- same clans of Saul's family.' He threw stones at the king, and the king's officers, and all the mighty warriors that surrounded him. "'Get out of here, you murderer! You scoundrel!' he shouted at David. "'The Lord is paying you back for all the bloodshed in Saul's clan. "'You stole his throne, and now the Lord has given it to your son Absalom. "'At last you will taste some of your own medicine, for you are a murderer!' Why should this dead dog curse my lord, the king, Habishai, son of Zerah, demanded. Let me go over and cut off his head. No, the king said, who asked for your opinion, you sons of Zerah? If the Lord has told him to curse me, who are you to stop him? Then David said to Abishai and all of his servants, My own son is trying to kill me. Doesn't this relative of Saul have even more reason to do so? Leave him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to do it. And perhaps the Lord will see that I am being wronged and will bless me because of these curses today. So David and his men continued down the road, and Shimei kept pace with them at the nearby hillside, cursing and throwing stones and dirt at David. The king and all who were with him grew weary along the way, so they rested when they reached the Jordan River. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the army of Israel arrived at Jerusalem, accompanied by Ahithophel. When David's friend Hushai, the archite, arrived, he went immediately to see Absalom. Long live the king, he exclaimed. Long live the king. Is this the way you treat your friend David? Absalom asked him. Why aren't you with him? "'I'm here because I belong to the man who is chosen by the Lord "'and by all the men of Israel,' who she, I replied. "'And anyway, why shouldn't I serve you "'just as I was your father's advisor? "'Now I will be your advisor.' "'Then Absalom turned to Ahithophel and asked him, "'What should I do next?' Hethephethel told him, Go and sleep with your father's concubines, for he has left them here to look over the palace. Then all Israel will know that you have insulted your father beyond hope of reconciliation, and they will throw their support to you. So they set up a tent on the palace roof where everyone could see it and Absalom went in and had sex with his father's concubines. Absalom followed Ahithophel's advice, just as David had done. So every word Ahithophel spoke seemed as wise as though it came directly from the mouth of God. Now Ahithophel urged Absalom, let me choose 12,000 men to start out after David tonight. I will catch up with him while he is weary and discouraged. He and his troops will panic, and everyone will run away. Then I will kill, then I will kill only the king. I will bring back all the people back to you as a bride returns to her husband. After all, it was only one man's life you seek. Then you will be at peace with all the people. This plan seemed good to Absalom and all the elders of Israel. But then Absalom said, Bring in Hushai the Archite. Let's see what he thinks about this. When Hushai arrived, Absalom told him what Ephiphophel had said. "'Then he asked, "'What is your opinion? "'Should we follow Ephithophel's advice? "'If not, what do you suggest?' "'Well,' Hushai replied to Absalom, "'This time Aphithophel has made a mistake.' You know your father and his men. They are mighty warriors. Right now they are as enraged as a mother bear who has been robbed of her cubs. And remember that your father is an experienced man of war. He won't be spending the night among the troops. He has probably already hidden in some pit or cave. And when he comes out and attacks, and a few of your men fall, there will be panic among your troops, and the word will spread that Absalom's men are being slaughtered. Then even the bravest soldiers, though they are, have the heart of a lion, will be paralyzed with fear. For all Israel knows what a mighty warrior your father is and how courageous his men are. I recommend that you mobilize the entire army of Israel, bringing them from as far away as Dan to the north and Beersheba to the south. That way, you will have an army as numerous as the sand on the seashore. And I advise that you personally lead the troops. When we find David will fall on him like dew that falls on the ground. Then neither he nor any of his men will be left alive, and if David were to escape to some town, you will have all Israel there at your command. Then we can take ropes and drag the walls of the town into the nearest valley until every stone is torn down. Then Absalom and all of the men of Israel said, Hushai's advice is better than Ephithophel's. For the Lord has determined to defeat the counsel of Ephithophel, which really was the better plan, so that he could bring disaster on Absalom. Hushai told Zadok and Abithophel, the priests, what Ephithophel had said to Absalom and the elders of Israel and what he himself had advised instead. Quick, he told them, find David and urge him not to stay at the shallows of the Jordan River tonight. He must go across at once into the wilderness beyond. Otherwise, he will die and his entire army with him. Jonathan and Ahimaaz had been staying at Enrogel. So, that, so as not to be seen entering and leaving the city. Arrangements had been made for a servant girl to bring the message they were to take to King David. But a boy spotted them at Enrogel, and he told Absalom about it. So they quickly escaped to Baharum, where a man hid them down inside a well in his courtyard. The man's wife put a cloth over the top of the well and scattered grain on top, on it to dry out in the sun, so no one suspected that they were there. When Absalom's men arrived, they asked her, "Have you seen Ahimaaz and Jonathan?" The woman replied, "They were here, but they crossed over the brook." And Absalom's men looked for them without success and returned to Jerusalem. Then the two men crawled out of the well and hurried on to King David. Quick, they told him, cross the Jordan tonight. And they knew and they told him how Aphiphel had advised that he be captured and killed. So David and all the people went across the Jordan River during the night and they were all on the other bank before dawn. When Ephithophel realized that his advice had not been followed, he saddled his donkey, went to his hometown, set his affairs in order, and hanged himself. He died there and was buried in the family tomb. David soon arrived at Mahanahem, By now, Absalom had mobilized the entire army of Israel and was leading his troops across the Jordan River. Absalom had appointed Amasa as commander of his army, replacing Joab, who had been commander under David. Amasa was Joab's cousin. His father was Jether, an Ishmaelite. His mother, Abigail, daughter of Nahash, was the sister of Joab's mother, Jerauel. Absalom and the the Israelite army set up camp in the land of Gilead. When David arrived at Mahanahem, he was warmly greeted by Shobai, son of Nahash, who had come from Rabbah of the Ammonites, and by Maker, son of Ahamahel, from Lodibar, and Barhazal from Gilead from Rokulam. They brought sleeping mats and cooking pots, serving bowls, wheat, barley, flour, and roasted grain, beans, lentils, honey, butter, sheep, goats, and cheese for David and those who were with him. For they said, You must all be very hungry and tired and thirsty after your long march through the wilderness." David now mustered the men who were with him and appointed generals and captains to lead them. He sent the troops out in three groups, placing one group under Joab, one under Joab's brother Abishai, son of Zerari, and one under Hittai, the man from Gath. The king told his troops, "'I am going out with you.' But the men stro- objected strongly. "'You must not go,' they urged." If we have to turn and run, and even if half of us die, it will make no difference to Absalom's troops. They will be looking only for you. You are worth 10,000 of us. It is better that you stay here in the town and send help if we need it. If you think that's the best plan, I'll do it, the king answered. So he stood alongside the gate of the town as all the troops marched out in groups of hundreds and of thousands. And the king gave this command to Joab, Abishai, and Hittai, For my sake deal gently with young Absalom. And all the troops heard the king give this order to his commanders. So the battle began in the forest of Ephraim, and the Israelite troops were beaten back by David's men. There was a great slaughter that day, and 20,000 men laid down their lives. The battle raged all across the countryside, and more men died because of the forest than were killed by the sword. During the battle, Absalom happened to come upon some of David's men. He tried to escape on his mule, but he rode beneath a thick branches of a great tree, and his hair got caught in the tree. His mule kept going and left him dangling in the air. One of David's men saw what had happened and told Joab, "'I saw Absalom hanging, dangling from a great tree.'" "'What?' Joab demanded. "'You saw him there and didn't kill him. "'I would have rewarded you with ten pieces of silver and a hero's belt.' "'I would not kill the king's son for even a thousand pieces of silver,' the man replied to Joab. "'We all heard the king say to you, Abishai and Hittai, "'For my sake, please spare young Absalom.' And if I had betrayed the king by killing his son, and the king would certainly find out who did it, you yourself would be the first to abandon me. "'Enough of this nonsense,' Joab said. Then he took three daggers and plunged them into Absalom's heart as he dangled, still alive, in the great tree." 10 of Joab's young armor-bearers then surrounded Absalom and killed him. Then Joab blew the ram's horn, and his men returned from chasing the army of Israel. They threw Absalom's body into a deep pit in the forest and piled a great heap of stones over it, and all Israel fled to their homes." During his lifetime, Absalom had built a monument to himself in the king's valley, for he said, I have no son to carry on my name. He named the monument after himself, and it is known as Absalom's monument to this very day. Then Zadok's son Ahimaaz said, Let me run to the king with the good news that the Lord has rescued him from his enemies. No, Joab told him. It wouldn't be good news for the king that his son is dead. You can be my messenger another time, but not today. Then Joab said to a man from Ethiopia, Go and tell the king what you have seen. The man bowed and ran off. But Ahimaaz continued to plead with Joab whatever happens please let me go too why should you go my son Joab replied there will be no reward for your news yes but let me go anyway he begged Joab finally said all right go ahead so Ahemahaz took the less demanding route by the way of the plain and reigned to Manaham ahead of the Ethiopian. While David was still sitting between the inner and outer gates of the town, the watchman climbed to the roof of the gateway by the wall. As he looked, he saw a lone man running toward them. He shouted the news down to David, and the king replied, If he is alone, he has news. As the messenger came closer the watchman saw another man running toward them. He shouted down, here comes another one. The king replied, He also will have news. The first man runs like Ahimaaz, son of Zadok, the watchman said. He is a good man and comes with good news, the king replied then Ahimaaz cried out to the king everything is all right he bowed before the king with his face to the ground and said praise the lord your god who has handed over the rebels who dared to stand against my lord the king what about young Absalom the king demanded is he all right Ahimaaz replied, When Joab told me to come, there was a lot of commotion, uh, but I don't know what was happening. Wait here, the king told him. So Ahimehaz stepped aside. Then the man from Ethiopia arrived and said, I have good news for you, for my lord the king. Today the lord has rescued you from all who have rebelled against you. And what about young Absalom. The king demanded, is he all right? And the Ethiopian replied, may all your enemies, my lord, the king, both now and in the future, share the fate of that young man. The king was overcome with emotion. He went up to the room by the gateway and burst into tears. And as he went, he cried, Oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom. If only I had died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. David is on the run in our reading today from the insurrection led by his son, Absalom. In the text, it's easy to see that David is a broken man. We don't see the confidence and the strength that David had had in his entire life because of this insurrection, because of the rebellion of his son and being on the run, he feels broken. And yet in the text we see several of David's closest friends and advisors coming around him to build him up, to protect and help David in his lowest times. We can learn much from this, that we all are going to go through those times of despair and that we too can feel broken. And it is absolutely vital that we have others around us that when we are low that they can help to protect us and build us up. This is the idea of true Christian community. The idea that when we are at our weakest that we rely on the Lord absolutely but we also rely on others to protect our blind spots to protect us when we cannot help ourselves and then we are able to repay repay that favor down the road when that person is down and we are able to help them that should be our goal that is the idea of true companionship true friendship that we will always be there willing to help those that are feeling like they have no help. May we be friends like that. Thank you again for joining us for the journey. Please be sure to share this podcast. Today's reading was from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible and used with permission. Have a blessed day, and we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow.